You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the raven tooth comes from the green dragon. Welcome to Green Dragon Shorts with Jeremy. Today I'm talking about a belated review of The Ruins of Dol Guldur. I finally managed to finish my Ruins of Dol Guldur sets. I bought one when they were first released just to try it out. Uh, but I was a bit worried about it because the price is is really quite costly. and It, it still is quite costly. Uh, at least now they've got the, the six sets that are still available sometimes. But I bought a single one, put it together exactly as the instructions, and then immediately made sure that I obtained another two for, for Christmas presents from my family because it was really an impressive kit. Uh, normally, I, I wouldn't go for buying terrain now because you can print terrain now and you can make it yourself and there's lots of other ways but this kit was really really impressive it's designed on isosceles triangles which makes it go together really flexibly it's one of the the most flexible kits that i've seen games workshop put out in terms of terrain full stop and definitely for definitely for middle earth so i was really impressed with it and i had a lot of fun designing my two kits so two extra boxes into three ruins so the first kit comes with basically a eight floors, eight second floors of triangles. So they're just little isosceles triangles. So I managed to make a building of two, just a little tower, a building with five, which actually looks very similar to the other one. I've, I've designed it on it, but just left out a lot of the side bits. So it's basically, well, uh, what is it? Five out of the eight parts of the, the last one. And then I've got a big one with 11, uh, is it 11? No, it's nine. nine, nine triangles, a big hexagon building, with uh, the middle, which which is nice. It gives a little play area you can find on the top of it. And I've made them all double story. So they're all pretty uniform in height. And I've made sure that all the tops have the ruined parts. So I spent a lot of time with my isometric graph paper, drawing out possibilities and planning out. And I've managed to use pretty much all the pieces, except for the little triangle parts that are used to make the, the stairs go from level to level. So you can put the stairs going up to the third level if you want to, or you can make them going not straight, but instead going on a diagonal, which I considered doing, but I really wanted to make it look like these are all a somewhat uniform construction as much as that's possible. So I tried to keep the same design cues and the staircase underneath this little uh, like mouth area with lots of little spikes on it and make sure that it looks like it's all part of the same ecology, uh, which which I really like. It's It's been an impressive kit. It took a long time to put together. It's a lot of trimming. It's a good amount of plastic. It's still very, very expensive, but very sturdy. The, the actual plastic is really quite heavy and, and quite thick, so that's good. A lot of times you get terrain, you get this little flimsy, cheapo stuff. This stuff felt felt good plastic, and it wasn't the the bad plastic that, that Games Workshop's used for for terrain in the past. So I really like that. So I got them together, very happy with the designs, and then basically didn't paint them for a long, long time. Uh, lots of things have happened with this year. You could probably guess some of them, but I, I didn't have the time to, it didn't have the inclination, and they sat there staring at me for a long time. But I finally just said, right, this is my next project. I'm going to do it. And I did. And I'm very, very happy with that. So now I get to play with them. So I'm just going to go through my process of putting them together. And then I'll just talk about my, my thoughts on them a little bit. So after building them with lots of planning, uh, the painting was pretty straightforward. My aim was to get as effective a paint job as I can with as little effort. Now, I'm still not that good at that. Uh, I'm still a bit, bit obsessive about trying to get things looking neat. But what I did, I sprayed them all black to start with, gave them a nice black so there's no gray showing, and then just bought a rattle can of dark gray and just sprayed the whole things from the top so that if you go from the bottom, if you look underneath the areas where you can't possibly see it, are still black. But I hit them with the dark grey to get the, the bricks there. And that grey colour was actually 
pretty pretty much similar to what the box art says, but maybe a little bit lighter. So I, I started them off with that grey. I then got some some lighter greys through my airbrush and just sprayed them as like a, a zenithal from the top lighting highlight for certain areas. So I didn't make it uniform. I just sort of sprayed panels where I thought a lot of light would hit and, and hit it that way just to give a bit of subtle highlights and some, some variation because variation is really key of these. So I got that done and then finally did a dry brush of whatever the uh, stone dry paint is from Citadel, which I quite like. So I, I dry brushed that and just picked out the, the very corners. Um, I made sure I always came from the top down. So everything came from the top down and then I, it was a dry brush, but I still had a little bit of paint on there. So it did make some, some dents in it. So that was the first steps. That was really quick. That didn't take long at all. So I thought I'll get this done in no time whatsoever. Easy. Famous last words, isn't it? So then I picked out all the, uh, the metals, I believe. And that took a long, long time. I did it with just one one coat of metal. So I got a, a mid-metal. I think it's called Thrash Metal by uh, Scale 75. And this was actually true metallics. I, I often paint non-metallic metal, but there's no way I was going to do that on terrain. No way. So I just hit the hit it all with the with that. And like some of it was a little bit lighter. Occasional spots I missed, but I fixed it up later on. But that was that was straightforward, but took a, took a long time. It really did. And that was just the one coat of metal. So I hit it all with that. Then I picked out all the skulls with just a, a off-white and then hit them with a, an Agrax Earthshade wash. And then it was uh, time to go for the, the actual weathering on the metal. And that for that, it was, once again, straightforward but time-consuming. So I mixed up, I got some turpentine, uh, not turpentine, um, mineral spirits or spirits, white spirits, I think it is, uh, artist spirits. They're basically the odorless kind that you use for art and put a bunch of pigments in. So pigments are, are, are what goes into paint, but just in powder form. So I had some some rust colors and some browns and I just threw them all in and used that to make this caked on paint. So think of paint with no water, just like cakes of, of dust. And I put that entirely over the metal, which was which were almost over the top. It was came as a liquid form, so it wasn't accurate at all. It was like working with slightly thinner than the contrast paints. It was a bit of a pain to work with, so I had to sort of hold them up at the right angle to paint it on it. But a little bit of spillage didn't matter because it, it would dry with rust around the metal, and that's fine because that's, I guess, what would happen, isn't it? With the, the rust, a little bit of powder would leak down and create some weathering. So that was all simple but time-consuming. It took a long time to do that. Got that done, and then it was the vines. And by this point, I was losing a little bit of moment, momentum because it was a couple of days later. So for the vines and things, I just hit them with the white again. They already had some grays on them. And then I picked them out and didn't do any work extra with a contrast paint called, I think it's Militarum Green. So just a green, just to add some different colors there. I picked out the big trees using, again, that sort of white dry brush. And then I hit them with like a mixture of wildwood and whatever the gray contrast paint is, an old one, just to, to get them there. And, and maybe a slight highlight once I finish them with a dry brush, but not much work there. That, that was easy. That was nice and simple. So I got that all done, but they were still a little bit too clean and too even for me. So I wanted to keep going with the weathering powders. So I got some some mixtures going here. Uh, what I tried was to to get some some black um, on the the stone to just highlight the the cracks a little bit more and to add a bit more variation, a bit bit more darkness down to some areas of stone. So I mixed some black and uh, brown pigment powders in my same wash. I think I used a pigment fixer this time, but I, I don't actually notice the difference between the the white spirits and the fixer and just sort of brush this on and at times put too much on so I had to like sort of rub it off a little bit but it does it helps like add a lot of variation to the color it took away some of the highlighting but that was fine it, it does make it look look quite good and then I got some green 
pigment powders, uh, same method, just and just dab them on. This was a, a lot more pigment powders to, to the wash and just dabbed areas where I thought there'd be a little bit of moss just to add some more variation to the stone. Because when you've got these big stone surfaces, what you don't want is a uniform color because it does make you... It does make it look like it's it's all the same and, and you want some subtle variation. So I did all that and then I'm almost there. Almost done, but it's covered in pigment powder. I did some more powder, just some dirt powder at the bottom, some dirt powders in the, the sides where there'll be dusted things and then hit it with lots and lots of varnish to try and hold the powders in place. And at this point though, my metals were entirely too orange and my powders, uh, the green wasn't wasn't subtle enough, so I had to do something to the green a little bit later, and I'll explain that one. And the skulls, I had to pick out the white again because they had lost a little bit of color. But I went over with just a really bright metal paint, so a mixture of speed and thrash metal. I love the names. Uh, from the, the Scale 75 again, just to pick off the edges to make sure all the sharp bits of the metals have a, had the silver color as well because they were almost entirely orange at this point, and I wanted them to have some obvious metal. So... I, I did that, and I'm very happy with the result there. I don't paint a lot of metal, but this one I'm really, really happy with. Uh, the green was too uniform, so I grabbed some of my uh, like flock that looked the most like moss and just put little subtle bits to add some texture, and I really like that. And then I went through and, and glued a whole bunch of my um, birch seed, birch pod leaves uh, all over the, the ground level just to add some more color and to, to blend it into the rest of my, my army. I didn't put it on a base. I chose not to do that because I want to use it as much as possible. And for, for me, that means it has to be able to go on every board that I've got. So I, I didn't want to make a base and make it quite green because then I wouldn't do it on my darker boards. I didn't want to make it too dark because it wouldn't look good on my lighter boards. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to just going to go without the bases. And because I've, I've over-engineered the buildings, I don't need bases for them at all. And it looks really good. I've tried them out. I took some photos and I put one as the, the thumbnail to, to make that look good. So I was very happy with them. My fingers have been spiked throughout the entire process because th the sides are quite sharp. There's lots of these little pins out and I kind of wish they weren't as sharp as they were because they, they do hurt a little bit. It's a, it's a dull pain. It's not the end of the world, but it's just a bit annoying. So most of my terrain, my kids can set up and they love helping me set up terrain. Uh, they're not going to do it for these. They're not going to touch these because they'll, they'll go through their finger. Those aren't tough enough from all the years of being cut up with a scalpel. But th the effect is amazing. I've been arming and arming about whether I get some more I'm going to play them out a little bit. I'm still not entirely sure. I, I'm over the moon about this terrain. I think it's amazing. I really, really like it, but it is really, really expensive. So this is like the one time where I almost wish Games Workshop did the, the sponsorship of the Green Dragon and I could, I could, you know, just uh, give them a positive review of things. Everything's amazing and then get some more terrain of this because it's really nice, but oh, it, it's it's the cheapest I can find. The, the big set is... Is northwards of four hundred Australian dollars, and that that's a huge amount of money. So I, I can't justify it at the moment. But if I if this terrain becomes like every use terrain, like if I use it all the time, then I might consider some more. I don't look forward to to doing all the work to make it together again. But terrain is is really never a, a bad thing to put together. You, you get a lot of use out of it, and this is some of my prettiest terrain. Uh, it's up there with my hobbit holes and things, and I just just for pure looks and for photos and that. I imagine it'll be the background of a lot of photos because it just looks really nice and it's a really great terrain. And whoever designed it did a fantastic job. Uh, it's very very clever. Next time I do it, if I get more, I want to do some some multiple story ones. So some ones that are maybe three stories high, and then some ones that are one story high. Because the way the ruins work, you can do that. I tried to keep the ratios of the floor levels the same. 
So there's um, did a lot of calculations on there. I really enjoyed it with the the maths background and, and trying to find out the optimal ways I can use all the pieces and, and lots of drawing. And I made one mistake. I put one of the supports underneath the buildings and that was a mistake. It basically, it's designed so you don't do that because I had to cut a bit off it to get it to fit. And then I had to use that cutoff bit to make an edge somewhere else. So in hindsight, I wouldn't do that. So all the uh, the actual support parts will be on the sides, uh, not underneath. But I, I, I did that originally to try and make it more logical, but you can't even see the bottom one where I've done it. So uh, in hindsight, wouldn't have done that, would have put it somewhere else. And that that's something to learn from it. I've seen people put them together where they, they try to get the maximum size out of them. So if you make them as basically not doubled up wall, like just a straight line, um, and if you're not too fussed about the, the uneven top part, you can make them go really far. But I, I didn't want to do that. I thought if I'm going to get these terrain pieces and I'm going to spend all the money on them and all the time on them, I wanted to make them look as nice as I could. So I think I've done that. It, it didn't take me that long to put together. It's a lot of terrain. It's a lot of area to paint. It took me a few days of uh, evenings to get them together, but I was making progress the whole time. It never got to the point where it was just overly frustrating, but it was a big task and, and I just really wanted to get them done. So I'm happy to get them done. I think if you're going to get some terrain, they're a good purchase. They don't go very far in terms of the space on your board. My three boxes worth is a two by two tables worth, which is not huge. It's good for little scenarios with the, the wraiths and things. It's good for a feature of the board, but the rest of the board's got to have something else on it. So I've got to have my, my scary woods or a river or something else to to make it look like it's a full board if I want to just use it this way. I can't get the full board out of this. It's not enough for a for a 4x4 four four or even a 3x3. Three three. It's it's enough for a 2x2. Two two. I've managed to misplace one of the statues. The sets come with one statue per per box. Uh, it's like a, a ring wraith statue, which is really nice bit of terrain, but I'm sure I'll find it at some point. So I've got two of them at the moment, missing the third, but very happy I've got this done. Check out my photos on the thumbnail, and I'll probably put one up on the Green Dragon as well. Go go have a look at the terrain. Uh, it's, it's definitely got approval for me. It's not a cheap purchase. So if, if you're budget conscious, probably avoid it because you can get, get other ways for cheaper. But it is really, really good quality and incredibly modular and modular in, in that you can put it together how you want. The other terrain kits I've seen haven't been the case. I have not done the, the houses from Rohan. I hear that they're as modular as, as this. Uh, I've got the Rohan Palisades, which basically you put them together one way, and it's fantastic, but it's only one way. They're really good, actually, because they're really big. The Osgiliath Ruins were... I'm not a big fan of them. I've got a bunch of them, and I, I got some secondhand that someone else put together, and they're just weird. They're not... They're not. You can't put them together in different ways and make it look logical. You have to do a bit of work or just deal with the fact that it's not a logical building. So these ones are definitely better than all the others, and I'm hoping there'll be some other terrain kits. Uh, I'm not sure what they'll they'll do. I'm sure there's some places they could do that, but it was a really inspired choice and and a really really nice kit. So I, I do enjoy this one. It's got a, a good review from me. Very belated. Totally useless if anyone wants to make decisions now because it's so far down the track. But that's that's what we do in the Green Dragon. We review things years later. That's our way of doing things. So I hope you've enjoyed this. And remember, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. The Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle Earth strategy battle game rules for Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. Thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash thegreendragonpodcast. 
you can contact us via our Facebook page at the Green Dragon Podcast or on our email, thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.